Hello and welcome to another episode of Rookie Movie Reviews. I'm Jenny. And I am Dan. And Dan, tell me, what did we watch? Well, today we watched Alien by Ridley Scott. Just Alien. Just the singular Alien, the, the first alien one. from 79. And it's... Dan, what'd you think of the movie? I would have to say it's one of the top 100 movies of all time. <laughs> I got a bunch of soap on my shirt. Hmm, like hand soap? Yeah. I've been washing my hands a lot lately. Gotta. Gotta. I'm sure we all have been washing our hands a lot lately. Gosh darn it, whatever. I gotta, I gotta take care of this. Okay. Well, fuck. So Dan, tell me what you thought about the movie. Uh, I, I liked it a lot. I, I know it's a gag to say it's top 100 of all time, but I've never seen it before. And I, I, I've heard all the iconic scenes, you know, the double mouth, chest burst, whatever. But actually seeing them in context has been really thrilling, and I really liked it. So. Yeah, one of my favorite parts about this movie is that it's a space thriller. Yes. I really like Event Horizon. Mm, yeah. So same. They probably took a page out of Alien's book. Yeah. I wonder what what year they came out, you know. So I, Alien was 79. Mm-hmm. Let me just look up real quick Event Horizon. And that was the guy from Jurassic Park in that, whose name we should know. What? The main actor for um, Event Horizon. Sam Neill. Oh. He's in... The black one? No. Sam Neill is the guy who goes crazy in Event Horizon. Who's the black guy? From what? Event Horizon. He's also in... Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. It's not Sam Neill. <laughs> no. I That's who I think of as the main guy from Event Horizon. Oh, really? That's probably not completely accurate, but... I don't remember the plot all that much. I just know Sam Neill was the one who gouged his eyes out. Oh, God. Uh, Spoiler alert for Event Horizon. Yeah. Well, Event Horizon came out in 97, so definitely <laughs> alien lineage in that movie. We should have figured that, because Lawrence Fishburne's in... Um... Oh, God. The Matrix. The Matrix is a 90s movie, that's accurate, but he's also in that Keanu Reeves one, John Wick. There we go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's good in that. Yeah. We the, can cut this The out. King of the Bowery. Yeah, 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 yeah. They must be friends from filming Him The Matrix. And... <laughs> I guess. Yeah. They show up at John Wick and they're like, Lawrence, oh. Well, he probably calls him Larry. Why? You know, they're, they're good friends, first name basis, Keanu. Is, Lori... is Lawrence's nickname Larry? Yeah, I think. What else would Larry be short for? That's an assumption on my part. Lawrence? I don't know. I don't know. Event Horizon has 27% <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. Did you know that? What? Yeah. That's so low for such a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about Event <laughs> Alien. We're talking about Alien, the Speaking first one. Speaking of uh, taking pages out of books, this movie definitely took a page out of Star Wars book. Star Wars is... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's the same... <laughs> Here's $10. Go see a Star Wars. Because it, you know, big, high adventure space movie. I think Star Wars came out in 76, 74? Yeah, I think you're right. Let me so, double check. Yeah, and then this came out in 79. So I bet space movies were doing pretty good back then. Yeah. Um, and, and I just thought I could Google A New Hope and get it. But there's like, there's a lot of churches coming up. <laughs> A New Hope is 77. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay, so. Cool. I mean, definitely, then. Yes. That's crazy. 
Yeah. Why was space so big? I... Why space be so big? <laughs> Why is it... <laughs> anyway. Uh, Let's, um... It's... I feel like Alien had a higher production value, too. Than Star Wars A New Hope? Yeah. I guess. I mean, I imagine it's really expensive to just film in the middle of the desert and stuff. That's which is... true. But I felt more like on a spaceship than I ever did in Star Wars. Well, here's a different idea. Mm-hmm. Star Wars comes out in 77, it's super hype. Uh-huh. It's probably way easier to get funding for your space movies at that point. That's true. So That's a good point. Ridley Scott probably showed up like, hey, check it out. Aliens, space, starships. So we're on board the Nostromo, yes. which is an oil rig. So it's got a seven-member crew. Mm-hmm. We can introduce all of them, I guess. But the most important is probably Ripley. Yes. But there's also off Captain Dallas, Executive Officer Kane, Officer Ripley, Navigator Lambert, Space Officer Ash, it's a big one, and then two engineers, Parker and Brett. And I really liked Parker. Yeah, um, Parker Parker and Ripley, I think, played off each other really well, because there's these early scenes where um, the crew wakes up from stasis, and they start doing maintenance and stuff, and the main plot is introduced. Um not in that order, but just the way that Parker and Ripley interact, it's like these are two really smart people who are, I kind of got the vibe onto each other's shit, uh-huh. which makes, um, or Ripley's onto Parker's shit and Parker is aware because <laughs> Ripley's not really up to any no. shady dealings. I think the cast of characters is really cool in this movie and some are throwaways like Lambert, you know, who remembers the worry wart nervous navigator Lambert. Yeah. It's all about Dallas. When I was reading off the list, I was like, who is Lambert? Yeah. She's the one who didn't want to do anything. (laughs) Which would have been the smart thing to do. Maybe if she's more proactively involved and on her toes, it would have been better. Get on your toes, Lambert. Anyhow, we're getting ahead of ourselves already. Well, yeah. So people emerge from the slumber, and I really like this scene, because it's this crazy and sterile white environment, and it's super ethereal, and that felt super high fantasy, well, not high fantasy for space, like high sci-fi. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're obviously, with your and I's context, we've seen a bunch of movies, like we know they're in some kind of stasis yeah. that keeps them asleep for the journey so that they're not up and about because, you know, space travel takes a really long time. And they do mention eventually that they're like 10 months from Earth. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool because they didn't explain it at all. Like they don't explain any of the tech. Yeah. But I think where we're at now, we totally understood the context of it. And I think that's one of the benefits of watching this movie 40 years after it came out. I agree. And the thing with um, all the tech, like you said, all that stuff that's established Mm -hmm. in the opening shot and the opening panning shot where it's dead silent. Like there's a part at the very beginning where I thought we were looking at the dead ship because I had the idea... Like, I knew that there was a distress signal or something that they were responding to, and that was the main hook mm-hmm. that got them in league with the alien. Mm-hmm. And I thought that off the off the bat, there's these quiet panning shots of this abandoned ship. And with that background knowledge, I thought, oh, there is something going on on this specific ship, and this sure. is a problem ship. And then we kind of get the introduction, you know, that very weird birth-like scene what with coming out of stasis, so... Yeah, it was like a birth. Yeah. All in all, I agree with 100%. The tech is super cool. Yeah, except Mother. Yeah, I didn't like Mother, and um, that comes up later on uh, why I didn't like it. But my 
base uh, point of the start here when everyone's waking up and mm -hmm. we're seeing all this stuff and how the ship works. It looks super lived in. Like there's a lot of stuff, pictures up in reasonable places and it looks a bit wear and tear and things are moved to like here's the factory setting, here's where a user would put it if they were using it every day, you know? Sure. And also, last point before we move on, um, is that I love, similar to how I bring up Star Wars, the rooted in 70s tech that people think this is what it'll be like however many years from now because this is what we know. Mm -hmm. And looking back on it, just from my perspective here in 2020, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, that's uh, very dated, but it's also kind of bizarre to see so it lends itself to that i feel like if you watch this movie in the early 90s or the mid 80s it'd be like oh that's so old that's so wrong but now that it's so far removed it's like that's really a weird thing and i could it lends itself to being this weird space thing yeah you know? another very 70s thing was how they're all smoking on the craft yeah i i brought this up to you while we were watching it but they would just use up all the oxygen yeah, or things I, would just combust. I, oh, that steamed me. I got spiced about it. <laughs> smoking so bad for you. And they were all smoking. Not just a 70s thing, but anyway. They wake up and they find out that Mother woke them all up because she detected a signal that they can all assume is a stress signal or mm -hmm. a distress signal. I think Ash is the one who's like, we have to, according to the law, we have to look at it. Yes. So that was their yeah. reason to go off, their call to action mm -hmm. on this hero's journey. Yeah, and um, I like this whole moment because it's pretty good characterization the, with the main characters. Yeah. It's a good cast apart from some people we don't care about that much or don't get to meet, like yeah. Kane or Lambert. But in this scene where they're debating Ashes by the books and Parker and Brett, the mechanics are like, whoa, we're not getting paid for this. I'm against this. And just leading into all of how they behave throughout the movie and mm -hmm. how they develop, it's pretty solid. I, I think it's not perfect because some characters that aren't really developed at all, but the ones that do get the screen time, I liked watching a lot. So. Yeah. So they send out a small crew of Kane, Dallas, and Lambert. To go explore, well, they get they get to the planet, mm -hmm. and when they land on the planet, the ship breaks a little bit. And to backtrack, this landing sequence was, <laughs> I really disliked it. It took forever, uh, an unreasonable amount of time. Like partway That's through, tension building. That's a technique. I think they use the same technique later on effectively, uh -huh. but this time. They land and you see their craft foot hit some rock and it breaks. And it feels like this massive buildup of all these intercut shots of slowly descending. And then it's like, whoa, sparks, holy shit. <laughs> and then what? Uh, they Then they go out on the trip. But I really didn't like the landing sequence. It felt way too long and just annoying to Could sit have shaved through. it off. Uh, Gosh darn it, Ripley Scott. Yeah. No, Ridley's Ridley. Ridley. Yeah. Ripley is the... Ripley. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah, maybe he named her after himself. Well, no, he didn't write the thing. He just directed it. But he did a good job directing it. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So they're on their expedition. They go out, Kane, Dallas, and Lambert. And 
They're exploring this alien terrain, and we find out that the air composition is nitrogen, methane, some other trace elements, but no oxygen, which is what we understand living things need to breathe. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they go out in their space suits. They go out in their space suits, and meanwhile on the ship, I really like this scene, which is why I'll bring it up. Uh, Ripley and Parker argue, and they have those valves going off, and then he turns, he has them on, and he's like, what are you saying? What? And when she leaves, he turns them back off for a bit, mm -hmm. just to talk to Brett. <laughs> it's like, yeah. ooh, I love that kind of character. Yeah, I really like that scene as well, specifically because I kind of viewed it as them showing that, I got the vibe Ripley knew what they were doing because they were trying to argue for pay making all this noise and making conversation really hard like, and she's just like you get what you get and uh she just leaves like she's not she's not arguing with them over the noise or anything she's just like says exactly what she needs to say and leaves so yeah i think that is all good characterization for both of them yeah and also she probably heard them do the how long is it going to take 17 hours 25 hours no. yeah yeah some and they, they're like good dude. They're all shown as capable. It's just, I mean, if I was in a situation on a spaceship where I had to go do a life rescue mission that I'm not even getting paid for, I'd be hesitant to. You know? Yeah. So I really like the scene where they're walking around because they're broadcasting everything. And for a good portion of it, we get to watch it from Ash's screen. And I thought that really helped with the isolation. Mm -hmm. so it's definitely a space movie but like we see these astronauts on this planet and we know like they're they're completely alone it's just the seven of them but on this planet it's just the three of them so the danger is real mm -hmm. i agree great shot super good and it was also a good ten tense builder ten tension god it's a good tense it, it was a tense builder um, <laughs> yeah, I I agree. No, uh, when things come in and out, as soon as you start to get the static on the screen and on the communication devices, yeah, it's clear that they truly are alone out there. Like if mm -hmm. Ash can't see them, then they are screwed. They are super, and it was like super confusing. And they end up. I've been doing the whole plot this whole time. Do you want? No, no. I I really like how you're doing it. Okay, so they get into the corpse hub, pretty much. Yeah. And they see this alien life form, and he's at some kind of, I don't know, helm, steering wheel. I don't know what it was. It was some kind of, well, it was probably the beacon transmitter, because we also learned that they're decoding the message, and it seems more like a distress signal back at the ship. Yeah, it's like a warning. Yeah. You know, it's not so, an SOS, it's a stay away. Yeah, which is like more tension building. Which, I, if I recall correctly, Ripley discovers. Yes, Ripley discovers. Yes. Ripley was against this from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not true. Parker was against this from the beginning. Yes. Lambert was also probably against it from the beginning. And on this expedition sequence, mm -hmm. what is so cool, like how it comes back and forth, we see him on the expedition. It's cut together really well with what's happening on the ship because you are got a decently sized cast, you yeah. know, of seven yeah. and they're all very unique. So... Keeping an eye on what everyone's doing everywhere at once, it, it's well edited in my opinion. I don't really know anything about editing, but I feel like I could well, follow don't it say easily. Because we we edit this podcast ourselves. Oh yeah, and it's great. <laughs> you, your new job hopefully is going to involve some editing. Oh yeah, I'm a great editor. <laughs> uh, but when it comes back to the ship, 
we see stuff that makes the expedition even more tense. Like it might just be hindsight, but mm-hmm. I felt like when we were looking at Ash, looking at the monitors, he seemed very disconnected and not really caring. Yeah. He was almost annoyed that he had to watch, it seemed like. Uh-huh. And uh, watching Ripley, you know, decoding the message and learning what they're actually talking about while the, it's too late. Yeah. And the community, oh, it's really yeah. well shot and really well put together you know so she wanted to get out there and warn them and he said by the time you warn them they'll know it's a warning yeah which ooh, yeah so good for later on so good truly sorry that's <laughs> <laughs> cut that up no, oh my so good well the audience probably minds claps and what audience <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna make your grandparents listen to this <laughs> and they're gonna be like you two have such potty mouths Oh, gosh. Uh, well, heck, next up here, uh, gosh, they find the eggs. Kane finds the eggs. He descends into this cave. Yes, with a fine mist, which is probably methane. Yeah, know. very moody. They, Uber moody. They introduce all these things, like they analyze the gas and stuff. And they're yeah. Like, oh, based on the composition and stuff. But they don't go so deep. They get confused, like to shout back to an earlier episode where Inception. Oh yeah, is, fuck Inception. Yeah, they're talking about the rules so much that you have a thirty-minute I mean, segment where it's just rules, 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 and this. They're like, it's methane because of the way the light shimmers upon refraction, and I'm like, fuck yes, it's methane. <laughs> uh, I'm with you. Cool. Heck yes, it's methane. Uh, oh darn yeah, it's oh, methane. Oh, it's methane for sure here. Oh. Just like the cows we got up here in the good old Madison, Wisconsin. We got tons of cow. We got cheese. We got beers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and we're wholesome. We don't swear none. Okay, so they find the eggs, and well, what happens after they find the eggs? So Kane is down there alone, disconnected by a, a lifeline, and they do a good job of showing how big the space is, the scale of the ship, which is an awesome ship. Set design in this movie is amazing. All that Star Wars money. That yeah, got. yeah, they got crazy. <laughs> they must have had decent funding. I don't. Know. I have no reason to say that, but. We should look up the budget for this film. Yeah. Should that be part of the nah, ratings? No. Look at the year, the director, how many details do we need? You know, Jesus. It's a movie podcast, so hopefully a good amount of details. It's for the people. What people? <laughs> <laughs> what happens that he's identifying, examining this egg, he sees movement on the inside, it splits open and pops out right onto his helmet, cut to back to the ship so we don't really know what happens up until... They are dra- We see him dragging a body yeah. uh, back to the ship, and they um, bring him on to the med bay, and they try and you know figure out what is going on with him. They, I, I love this whole oh, surgery sequence. Oh, talk about the. I'm sorry. Oh what? The quarantine. Oh yeah, that's key. Thank you. Um, they bring him onto the ship, and the cast of characters right now are like Dallas, the acting commander of the ship, is outside with Kane, who has an alien attached to his face. And I think it was Lambert uh-huh. who was with them. I forget exactly. Chief Officer Lambert. Yeah. So Lambert goes out with them and mm-hmm. she's mad about it. So the top two in command. Go yes. Ahead. So top two in command. And now Ripley's on the ship with Ash and the engineers. Yeah. And uh, she will not let him in. She says, nope, sorry, I'm not breaking the airlock. The captain says, break the airlock. And Ripley says, hey, if I break the airlock, we're all dead and we don't go anywhere. But if I do break the airlock... Or if I leave you in the airlock, you know, we'll wait and see. And maybe just you guys will be dead. Uh, which we learned throughout the course of the movie is a proper thing. So I love 
Ripley's character so much because they make her this hard ass who is absolutely justified, you know, like I feel like movie and I say this without an example, but I feel like movies, if they want a character to be like a hard ass, they go for it and it just ends up making them look unreasonable or shitty. Yeah, I love that it's female empowerment without her being a bitch. Yeah. I love that. Hundred percent. On Women's Day. International Women's Day. And talking about Ripley, what a great female character. She's an ideal she's a goddess. Sigourney Weaver actually was a 28-year-old actress who got discovered for this film and this really helped take off her career. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh Uh-huh. That's cool. I looked her up um, when she was getting undressed, actually, because... Oh, right, near the end of the movie, not like some spy cam in her house. No. (laughs) Because I was like, she did a half-nudie scene, you know, because I thought she was like an established actress, and they normally make people who can't put things in their contract do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she wasn't an established actress, so the Academy got to take a little bit of advantage of her. And we'll talk about that more later. I yes. have feminist opinions. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Love to hear them. Um, so she quarantines them, exercises her right because she's the acting officer mm-hmm. when they're outside. Ash overrides the quarantine and just lets them in. And they cut to the med bay. They bring Kane to the med bay with this disgusting thing on his face the face hugger yes. which i'm sure everyone is familiar with because uh, it's just iconic creature design and they never call it the face hugger in the movie no no they might in aliens we'll find out I later guess we'll but find out. um this movie yeah this movie just the set design and the creature design oh, God, both the face hugger so... intro monster and the alien it looks so real yes the face hugger you mean yeah yeah, it's this disgusting, sweaty-looking, shiny, gross creature. So really, really well-designed. Me, IRL. <laughs> You're not sweaty, disgusting, gross. Uh, and whatever so whatever other negative adjective I used, you're not that. I'm a hugger. I'm <laughs> face hugger. <laughs> they get it off. Well, they try to cut onto it. Yeah, we learn it, of the acid blood. It bleeds acid. It's very cool. It goes through most of the ship. They're chasing it. That was awesome. Yes. And uh, there's all these different opinions. Uh, they set up Ash as being a little creepy and Dallas as being um, like humanitarian. He's like, well, not really. Dallas says we have to rip that thing off of him. It might kill him. Yeah. But we have to do it anyway, right? Well, yeah, something along those lines. And he like wanted to kill the thing to get it off. And Ash portends. No, that's not the right word. Ash says it's probably feeding him oxygen whatever it is is keeping him alive for now yeah i was really getting its eggs in there yeah that's that's what the thing is and you know due to later twists who knows what would have happened if they ripped it off right Uh, yeah i don't know but But um, they couldn't rip it off because it was bleeding acid and it was attaching to his scalp so they'd have to like cut his skin off you have to scalp someone to get it off this movie is very effectively gross with how like there's Standout scenes of disgustingness, mm-hmm. but when they show up, they're oh, they're gross. I don't like it. Um, so, oh, so uh, were you gonna talk about the scene where it disappears? You know, no, well, uh, I was gonna talk about yeah, how the face hugger came off, yeah, and then died, and they looked at it and they're like, it's the perfect being, it's the perfect, it can't being. be killed. <laughs> That, that's the scene that I was referencing earlier when I was talking shit on the landing. Uh-huh. And how there's build-up 
that scene where they oh. walk in is just gone yeah. and it's established how it's impossible to get off it's feeding off of him for some reason we don't know what mm-hmm. and then when they walk into the med bay and it's just gone yeah you have no idea what it's capable of where it's at and they're searching the med bay looking around and that is one that goes on for a long time but mm-hmm. i felt was super tense yeah and effective okay. with a good payoff because this dead thing drops down as just a like a jump scare or whatever but got me yeah it got me too <laughs> we both jumped i completely forgot to mention in the corpse scene in mm-hmm. the hub that they point out how its bones seem to be bent outward right that's foreshadowing spoiler alert yeah. feels silly so king wakes up and they're gonna have dinner one last time before they go into stasis yes which if they had gone into stasis right away this thing would have been unleashed on earth it's the dinner scene and during the dinner scene is this is probably the most iconic scene not the most iconic scene but one of the most iconic it's, sci-fi it's scenes definitely the most like maybe not in all of sci-fi but yeah. certainly in the movie and it's up there yeah in the movie kane starts acting choky mm-hmm. and we see everyone's reactions to it everyone looks worried except for ash who's just looking at it and they get him on the table and he's clawing at himself and all of a sudden there's a spurt of blood and this terrible creature comes out and starts singing hello my baby and he's doing a little dance number and he's got a little hat and cane <laughs> Charlie Sheen picture. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the most iconic scene. It comes out of the chest and it runs off. And then they begin the hunt for it. And they're all trying to get it because they know this thing can't be killed. And they need to get it off the ship. So they break up into groups and Ripley, Parker, and Brett go off into one group. And then we don't really get to see Ash, Dallas, and Lambert do their thing. We kind of follow just Ripley, which is fine. I mean, it could have been a tension build up to have uh, the other group show, but we just get to watch these guys and they do a good tense moment. They have this air density reader right. and they can kind of bring it around the cabin or anywhere in the ship. And they're in like this locker room and Ripley points at a locker and she's like, it's in there. It's in there. Mm-hmm. And they got a net up. they they are ready they're gearing up to get the creature out the door bursts open and it's jones the kitty cat the beautiful orange cat and they this cat i love this cat orange tabby you know i love him we have one pugsley knows we love him hey where'd you go he's off to eat fuzz yeah he's finding fuzz so jones the cat brett is running around looking for this cat here kitty kitty and he goes into a room off of well he lets go of the net and they're like get the cat another drink yeah i'm getting a beer can i have one yes so they're getting the cat well just brett's getting the cat and he's calling for the cat he's calling for jones he's walking around and he finds this skin (laughs) how much of this audio is usable i don't know he's walking around and he finds (laughs) <laughs> he's walking. <laughs> he 
he finds this skin and he picks up the skin and he wibbles it around a little bit and he's got this look of realization on his face because they treat Brett like he's an idiot, but he's mm -hmm. obviously an astronaut, so he's got to be a little smart. And he realizes, we think, we probably know, that it's molted skin. Right. Because it looks like a snake skin. And what do we see next, Dan? Well, there's a couple fake-outs where Brett is now terrified because he realizes the small alien they saw earlier had molted. He is in this weird hangar area, sees Jones off to the side, and Jones is terrified of him. And he realizes he is terrified of what is behind him. And it is a fully grown alien. We get the iconic double mouth scene where the alien opens its mouth. It's watery and slimy. Double mouth comes out. It's got these metallic shiny teeth. Uh, really cool design, of course. Um, everybody knows the xenomorph, you know. Yeah. This bizarre protruding head and everything. So, yeah. Uh, Brett gets iced by the alien and he's like dragged up. Yeah, no body. So Dallas, not Dallas, God. Ripley and Parker run in and they get to see the alien before it completely scurries off. Mm -hmm. And they go tell the crew about it and it's like, it's the size of a man now. So they know that it's going to be super hard to kill it, but what they can, and they see that it's probably moving around in the air ducts. Mm -hmm. So the thing about the air ducts on the ship is that it, releases to the air hatch so if they can guide it toward the air hatch they can launch it off the ship yeah it's a solid plan solid plan when but... you're fighting this unstoppable monster who's adjusting incredibly well to an oxygen-based environment instead of a nitrogen-based one mm -hmm. and i mean as solid as a plan is it's also one that's just rife with suspense yeah because they have drama. to get up in this tiny airlock and they got a flamethrower which is going to eat so much oxygen. Yeah, they have no regard for oxygen on this ship. Oh, God. I, that's probably my biggest bugaboo about it. Yeah. All the, the, there's yeah, no, all the fire. No regard to hard sci-fi <laughs> rules. But, um, yeah, so they sent Dallas in there, which seems like a... It makes sense. He's the captain. Well, yeah, but also no leadership if he dies. He's got enough. Well, Ripley's the leader yeah. if he dies. Well, Lambert's the leader if he dies. But Lambert also sucks. Lambert does suck. Lambert <laughs> doesn't want to be involved at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they send him up. This is a great scene where he's in the ducts. They're guiding him through these little dots, you know. Like, oh, he's below you. He's above you. And you never know where the alien is. And we are following mostly through Dallas's point of view, which are these dark little corridors and these really freaky hallways with opening and contracting and he's telling him to seal it behind him as he moves on uh so all this stuff and then the sequence that really freaked me out the most in the movie probably is when the dot appears and we know it's the alien and it's moving towards dallas and lambert so i tell him to get out of there it's coming right towards him we see him he can't see it until it's like just too late it's this big Jump scare where the alien comes and gets him. So so good. Yeah. Classic horror sci-fi. After Dallas dies, we see Ripley get kind of mad. And she goes... Well, this is kind of skipping around. But she goes to Mother. And she's trying to... This is actually like the next plot point. Oh, well. <laughs> so she goes to Mother. And she's trying to find out what their directive is. And... Uh, Looks like that's hidden. Yeah, so Mother, before revealing the next plot point, is a twist or anything, yeah. but I don't like 
the mother aspect because uh-huh. it is this weird sci-fi thing. Right. Well, it mothership. Has, yeah. Or something. I don't know. It, and it's got like dated tech in it. It's this weird room. Very Star Wars-y tech. Yeah. And why? <laughs> oh, what? Well, I was just going to complain about how on these tiny, tiny screens, this and Star Wars, um, I don't understand what's happening. Like, I'm too used <laughs> to actual pixels. Yeah. Like, and so I see these and I'm like, what is that? What is that supposed to be? In um, Revenge of the Sith, or, or no, not Revenge of the Sith. In, um I think, when is the trench run? Is that in A New Hope? In... No, that's not A New Hope. That's the, the last the one. Star. That's is that the first one? Yeah. So they blow up the... Because then it gets crowned and all that. Uh, oh, yeah, because they weren't going to make sequels. They were trying to wrap up the story. Yeah, but the tech you're talking about is we see Darth Vader's targeting computer uh-huh. and it's just these two rectangles like spinning on a plane. <laughs> you know, like, I guess. <laughs> that makes sense. And with Mother, mm-hmm. the reason I hate this tech yeah. uh, is because everything else you see in the movie, things are moved around, things are tarnished and used and... For as weird as they are, there's like a reasonable amount of buttons, I guess, for c- controlling a spaceship. <laughs> reasonable. <laughs> yeah, reasonable amount of buttons. Like ten. Yeah. Ten is and they're, fine. And they're different colors and shapes. Go, stop, accelerate. Target. Mm-hmm. Shoot. But with Mother, okay. <laughs> you walk in and the entire room is coated in lights mm-hmm. that are blinking yeah. in different patterns and stuff. And it's like, tell me what those mean you know like anybody tell me what those mean they're just bullshit doesn't (laughs) it's just buttons that mean nothing no one knows how to press them and the director just thought oh yeah it's weird tech who cares who knows it's like the captain should know but he wouldn't i'm sorry to try to keep interrupting your tirade that's okay that's all i had to say i'm trying to justify the choice because it's also like that in a space odyssey that's what the command area looks like i've never seen space odyssey well you're gonna yeah i think it's in space odyssey because I think they're just trying to represent this complicated series of thought process. Because computers back then were very limited and they printed off punch holes pretty much to communicate information. So the internet, I don't know, wasn't really a thing back then. So they couldn't, they couldn't express information as being passed in these airwaves, essentially. I don't know how the internet... Tubes. It's a series of tubes. Truly. <laughs> <sighs> so, I'm just trying to justify like 70s frame of mind. Because you and I would say that, like, okay, it's a spaceship, it's a giant screen, and all you need is a keyboard. Right. I mean, maybe even now you wouldn't use a keyboard because touch interfaces are becoming much more common. And even, um, like, modern sci-fi, if we're trying to go further into the future... It's like touch screens that are 3D. Oh, yeah. So that's like probably haptic what we, feedback on. Haptic, yeah, exactly. So that's what you and I are probably more expecting from this. But in an audience like that, I think they could take it in that this is high tech. And the best way to express that back then was more lights because lights equal tech. I wonder, that's a really good point and something I had not considered. So mm-hmm. thanks. Yeah, anytime. I wonder if part of it is kind of like, oh, a tape cassette yeah. recorder this is what it'll look like in a hundred years and obviously computers print out these punch boards this is what it'll look like in a hundred years the, the wall of lights is like a punch board thing and you know that's how computers do it maybe i don't know yeah i we cool. could ask we could ask the set designer they were just trying to make something that looked 
High tech. I think the reason the white scene with them coming out of the pods looks so ethereal is because of Apple. Mm. So the reason it still holds up is because the product design of Apple still kind of looks like that. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the sleek. magic mouse. Yeah, it's sleek. Anyway, getting back to the plot. Uh, they're in Mother. Ripley's in Mother. And she's trying to figure out what the objective is. And she's doing override codes. And she finds out that it's series 937. And we find out that it's... To, if there's life forms, if there's alien life forms, the science officer is supposed to take over and the crew is expendable. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> it was a really cool reveal. Like, all of their life expendable, yeah. crew expendable. It's like, oh fuck. Yeah, that's the... High stakes. I think that's one of the best twists I've seen. Because I didn't know much about this movie. I knew there was an alien in it. Mm -hmm. Of yeah. course... <laughs> title gives it away <laughs> and then ash pops in like what's wrong you yeah know? and we realize that ash has been the the orchestrator the whole time yeah. all of his weird behavior oh my god so gosh, justified god. So. she's mad at him of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so she's mad at him but she's going about ship life you know there's this terrible creature but for some reason she takes a nap and we see Ash come in, and he folds up a magazine. Yeah. And he shoves it into her mouth, which is so ineffective. Yeah, terrible way to choke somebody. But it makes me think about, um, there's a lot of phallic imagery, and I didn't see it so much in this movie, so it might be Aliens that brings it up more, but apparently it's a lot of allegory to rape. Yeah, well, I mean, I've seen those posts as well. Mm -hmm. And from earlier when they're getting on the alien ship, a lot of the entryways into the ship are designed to look vaginal. Oh, like, like the tightly closing... Yeah, like, they're even like, in the airlocks? Yeah, they're, I don't... Uh, well, on the alien ship from when they first land, oh. all the entrances are like ovular with multiple layers and they look very anatomical. Uh -huh. And then I the alien design is like a big, long uh, penis head, you know? If they're... I, I guess if the creators backed it up at all, I might buy it. But for this movie, I wasn't really seeing it until... This magazine scene because it was this overpowering thing so it's just like this humiliating way to die because he's just yeah. shoving something down her throat when he could have just choked her yeah, yeah. choking would have been easier what's Much the easier. magazine about and um he starts sweating milk yeah so this weird white liquid it's, and i say it's gotta be milk in the movie is that milk what did you say back I don't remember what I, what oh, I said that's back. that's how Data sweats. Oh, yeah. that And um, I'm like 90% sure that that is Data blood from Star Trek. I'm not yeah. a Trekkie or anything, but I, I think... thought that was really good because you were like, maybe he's a cyborg. And I was like, oh, maybe. And then we find out. He's a cyborg. <laughs> they get in a big old fight and they bash his head off with a fire extinguisher. Yeah. Like they, t it's brutal they even don't though know he's, a he's an android yet yeah and parker goes the fuck at him to protect mm -hmm. ripley because he's trying to choke her with a magazine yeah and he yeah. can't get his arm off of her and he starts choking parker and parker can't really fight back because he's a goddamn robot yeah and then they hit him and then they just fucking break him apart his, and they his knock his head off bits come out they it's so disgusting because they don't knock his head off it's like torn yeah, off that's and true. Like clinging nearly with skin Nick. <laughs> yeah, ne ne why do they call you nearly headless? 
I, God, I love the practical effects that they did next. <laughs> yes. Because they're like readjusting this obvious mannequin head and then they get it just so and then they cut away and they cut back and it's the actor again. It's the actual ashes. <laughs> so I just love that ingenuity too in the product because it's, God, even, we should probably, sorry. No. Get one thought out at a time. I love practical effects. I think when they're so old and kind of bad, they're still charming. I feel like a modern movie would have tried to make it CGI and I wouldn't have liked it as much. I agree. And this is something that I was trying to think of like, what does this mean? Because part of me thought like, oh, they're doing all these practical effects. And when we watch it now, my appreciation for the practical effects, because watching a movie, you know it's not real. Yeah. But I really appreciate all of the meticulous effort it's like wow there's a lot of craftsmanship here and i thought i wonder like are they trying to like fool 70s audiences like look at this insane stuff it's like you know they're trying to fool them but 70 audiences don't they weren't stupid in the 70s they're not like wow this is real cyborg not to call my dad stupid but i know when he watched john carpenter john carpenter's the thing he talked about one scene i can't remember what the scene was cpr scene Probably, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's talking about how it seemed so real back then. Okay, yeah. And there's an episode of The Twilight Zone, too, where it's like a coconut with hair on it, but it's supposed to be a witch. And he's like, that scared the shit out of me when <laughs> I was a kid. So I think practical effects were truly there because even, like, hearkening back to the tech, how they thought about tech, they didn't see the weird-ass shit we've seen. They didn't see Oakjaw. They haven't seen it. Yeah. So their perception of what's happening, like, seems more real. Because it's yeah. real things. They don't have the amazing 3D tech that you and I do. And no matter how good your CGI is, even if your practical effects aren't super incredible, it's still this physical thing that yeah. is in the room like, with it's them. It's easier to interact with. Mm-hmm. thinking about the hobbit um, oh god I, think... I was gonna mention the hobbit oh no go ahead no like just commiserating with you uh, it was bad uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad that's all yeah like the dragon looks super that scene where I fucking think, like... legolas ran up the crumbling bridge mm-hmm. and jumped off of rocks in air yeah oh. ad astra not to call ad astra bad there was a lot of obvious cgi though and I wasn't that paying attention to that at all. With Harrison Ford, with the dog. The dog. Oh, Call of the Wild. Call of the Wild. That dog looks so bad. It's you like can tell car- in the trailers. Yeah, and it feels like they're trying to make it cartoony so we could connect with it like a Pixar character or something. I but they know. went too realistic on yeah. it, so it's just this upsetting <laughs> Uncanny thing. Valley. Yeah, I, I hate that dog. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I I love practical effects. Yes, and this was a great. Use of it. Yes. And it might be harder to do now because we're so used to CGI. So now we expect perfect CGI instead of imperfectly perfect practical effects. But anyway, they talk to the uh, android and it's essentially like, you can't kill it. Yeah, he taunts them. Yeah. Yeah. My deepest sympathies. And then they turn them off. Parker incinerates him. Yes. That's a good scene too. Good little, good little bit. So then uh, the remaining crew, who at this point is Parker, Lambert, Ripley. and Ripley. Yeah, yeah. And not, was no one else, huh? They're all... Yeah. I feel well, like there were four. Okay. Brett got killed. Brett's dead. Dallas Kane is dead. 
Kayla's dad. Dallas and Ash. So that's seven minus four. Yeah, that's three. a three. Okay, so um, fourth grade math. First grade math, probably. <laughs> How many apples do they have, though? <laughs> so Parker, Ripley, and Lambert think they're going to self destruct the whole thing and get out in the shuttle. Yep. Uh, Parker and Lambert are both killed by the creature as they gather supplies. So Ripley says, like, we need this stuff on the shuttle. Mm-hmm. And they go to the same bay that Brett died in. Yep. And they go to get gases or oxygen. Coolant. Like, cool. For okay. Ship. And, um, which, okay, I also have a problem. Obviously, you're going to need coolant. Right. You're not going to need tanks and tanks. I don't know anything about space. Well, I feel like they're 10 months from Earth in the middle of space. Like, you probably. How often does the car need coolant? Every oil change? Every three months? So, I don't. Maybe they wouldn't need tanks and tanks. Because you're burning a lot of oxygen. Yeah. A 747 burns a gallon of fuel a second. So, maybe they do need that much coolant. But they didn't think anything about food. Maybe it's like and a I'm gallon. I'm a fat ass. <laughs> maybe my first thought is food. Well, they would eat. Uh, they would eat uh, the cat. They would eat Jones. And that's why Ripley chases Jones around. Yes. <sighs> okay, I'm going to talk about this. They change out that cat like five times. Yeah. <laughs> And at first I'm like, what the hell is this? That's clearly a different cat. Yeah. But it's probably good. I know, because that must be a stressful situation. Pugsley wouldn't be able to handle no, it. No, he would be a diva He can't set. even go to the vet. <laughs> he would be a diva <laughs> on set. But like, uh, there's a scene where Ripley kind of drops a cat carrier. Which they have a cat carrier on the ship. Well, they have a cat. I guess. And she just drops it. Pugsley would be like, okay, where's my agent? If Winona Ryder, that's not Winona Ryder, if if Sigourney (laughs) Reaver drops me again. You're just thinking about Winona because you and Robert were talking about her today. In what? You were talking about her in the driveway. I don't know what about. Well, we were talking about aliens, so he probably, one of us probably brought up Winona Ryder incorrectly. Oh. Because Winona Ryder is uh, Stranger Things, right? Yeah. Okay. That's the mom. She's the one in um, Heathers. Oh, yeah. And Beetlejuice. Good movie. Uh-huh. So she's like a. She, she was movie. pretty prolific, and then she got busted for uh, shoplifting. <laughs> Imagine starring in Hollywood movies and then shoplifting. What's about the thrill? The thrill. It's an adrenaline thing, I think. I don't know. I've never shop one time. Yeah. Yeah, tell Excuse me a thievery story. Yeah, I accidentally stole a pen from Hot Topic. Because I had this giant purse, and my mom always called it my shoplifting bag, and I was like, ha ha. And we were at Hot Topic, as you do when you're 13 and you have awkward fashion, like a giant purse. And I was looking at these pens and one accidentally fell in my purse, I think, or I absentmindedly put it in my purse. And I even bought other pens because I liked the pens. And then when I got home, I was going through the bag. I was like, oh, one fell out, but it wasn't on the receipt. Ooh, maybe they just rung you up incorrectly. Hope we can dream. Yeah. I also, when I was really, really young, the first time I shoplifted, there was this little keychain from, like, Claire's. Mm -hmm. And then I was playing with it in my pocket, and my mom's like, what you got there? And I was like, I took this, because I was, like, five. And I was like, I don't know, I took it. And she brought me back, and the woman's like, you go to jail if you steal. And so that's a good lesson. Thankfully, they didn't call the cops, but that's, like, scared straight kind of stuff. And that's my shoplifting story. That was nice of your mom to bring you back. and Yeah, instilling good values. Because what, is the clerk going to be mad that your mom didn't notice and brought you back? Certainly pride enough. Yeah. So, so have you you ever shoplifted? Not that I know of. 
Yeah, like most kids like take a candy bar or something, but yeah. So I, I, you know, one of those super experiences. And oh, one time I was at Walmart. I'm just revealing all of my crimes. Yeah. Uh, I had a shopping cart full of stuff, and I realized run for office here. I know. I realized after the shopping trip that there was a lotion outside of the bags, so I must have accidentally stolen a lotion too. All this accidental crime. I know. I don't even want to do it. Just like jaywalking, my feet walk in front of me, and I can't Fate stop makes it. me steal. I, I don't want this. I don't want to steal. I just steal. can't help it. Oh, and another time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Those are my two stories. Okay, so let's get. We can cut all of that out. No, that's fine. That's good characterization of one of our hosts. I'm a, I'm a thievery person, and I cuss. Ooh. And I don't I, think you've sworn this episode. No, I said the f word. Oh, jeez. I know. It's not very ladylike. Mm-hmm. I think I also said the s word. Ooh. Any who's old. <laughs> Heck. <laughs> Cows, milk, and cheese. So Parker and Lambert go and die. <laughs> <laughs> they go to the same shipping bay, and Lambert freezes, and Parker's like, you gotta move, and Lambert doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I do like that um, Parker kind of comes full circle, because he was characterized as trying to get out of the work or get paid more, you know, to do what he was brought on board to do. Yep. And you're kind of like, ah, what a scamp. He was never, like, villainous. And then at the end, he jumps on the alien to try and save Parker. So it's just kind of the the completion of these characters out there who are we, really pretty decent, you oh, know? Sorry. Oh, no. Very excited about saying how we see him ripped in half later. When? We I've, see Parker ripped in half. We, uh, like, see his body. Oh, like when Ripley's getting everything together? Yeah. Jesus, I forgot about that. But no, I thought you mentioned I recall, yeah. So what happens here? So Parker oh. and Lambert. Oh, what do you? No, I I was looking at my notes and we talked about how there's so many cats. Yes. And I just wanted to say all of those cats are dead now. R.I.P. Those cats. <laughs> oh no, gosh, that's true. They didn't make it to 2020. Kidding? No way. <laughs> the oldest cats. <laughs> yeah, those cats are dead. They might have died on set. Oh gosh. <laughs> Who knows the pet protection policy no, back then? there weren't any. I don't... Oh, we should watch the credits because I didn't see no animals were harmed in the making of this production. Oh, boy. Anyhow, uh, so Parker and Lambert are killed. Ripley initiates a self-destruct sequence and finds an alien blocking her path to the shuttle. It's a very tense moment where she's, like, running around the corner and then, whoa, shit, goes back, leaves the cat because she went on the hunt for the cat. It really pissed me off when she left the cat. Well, here's the thing. Because I didn't know what was going to happen. Are you familiar with the, the, it's on TV tropes as save the cat? Mm-hmm. So Rip, they make Ripley go save the cat because Good. they make her like. I mean, I'm not familiar. That was just an. Oh, I thought that. I understand that. what you, you've just, you just spoke English to me. Okay, oh. <laughs> going. I thought that was like, yep, for sure. No. Next thing. <laughs> Stop uh, talking now. Save the cat is when you have a character and they can, you know, do whatever. They can be rude they can steal shit they can hijack a car or rob whatever rape someone well probably not that far okay they can be an unlikable person i wouldn't like someone who would rape no me neither but that's an extreme case yeah what if they like rape her with a heart of gold let's make that movie i'm going to finish this point (laughs) but he saves no finish this point and then we can go back to your rape movie pitch (laughs) so the Save the cat is horrible person, unlikable person, but in times of stress or out of their own inconvenience, 
they will save the cat. So the trope is like they're passing by a tree and a cat's caught up there. They'll take the time out of their day to go get it and protect it. So they're like a good person. Yeah, like a stripper with a heart of gold. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, so this Ripley literally saves the cat. Mm-hmm. So she's like mean and callous kind of and she's going to keep her captain out in the airlock to die. And I'm sure if we didn't know that she was the hero of the series as it goes on, mm-hmm. um, it'd be kind of like, oh, Ripley, what the hell, yeah. you know? And then she saves the cat. Did he bite you? He bit me a little bit. What's he bit, Jenny? I'm, pre- I'm petting him on the tum. And He's sensitive head. about it. So I just, yeah. I was going to say, we talk about rape a lot on this podcast. Do we? Kind of. I don't know. We've talked about it. Should we put a trigger warning? Well, moving forward, maybe. Okay. Yeah. If we get into it. Yeah, if we get if if we get into it, but potential trigger warning. I mean, in this case, we didn't really get into it. You just brought it up as an example of someone who could be redeemed by saving a cat. I don't think they could be redeemed. That well, was a no. Rege- Is that a rape joke? Oh no. That's Is not that a rape, rape joke. Uh, you... Kind of is. I don't. I don't. I'm not. A... I'm not a fan of that joke. Well, don't we'll, cancel me, please. We'll let someone write in about it. I'll have to listen to the podcast. If first. you write in about it, I'm already sorry. Because so. that, like that's the worst thing you can do. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, anyway, let's hey, get back yeah. to happy things. We're like about that. to finish this plot. Mm-hmm. Do you want to bring us home? So she runs from the alien self-destruct sequences going on. Yeah, and she tries to take it down, and Mother's counting down, and she's pulling all the levers, and Mother doesn't accept it. Yeah. Which is bad UX. That is bad. It is horrible UX. <laughs> it's levers worst. and buttons. And That's the worst UX. None of it makes any sense. Um, But she still has five minutes, and she manages to get out there with Jones. She saves the cat. Gets on and the she shuttle, gets right? into the shuttle, and it's like, oh, breath of fresh air. Tension released, and she gets nakies, which... I mean, I talked about that a little bit. I I don't like that exploitation of women. I don't think it's valuable. Yeah. The male gaze or whatever. Like, it wasn't necessary. Maybe because it makes her seem more vulnerable because she's not wearing clothes. Like, I could see it in that situation. But they kind of sexualized it. Like, watching her take off her shirt. And it's like, okay, nipples. And her tidy whities were so small. Yeah. They were ridiculously small. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Do the joke. <laughs> While we were watching the movie, <laughs> they were tiny. So tiny. And we both noticed it stood out. Uh, so it seemed as though the set dresser was not willing to make a second trip to Walmart or whatever <laughs> to pick up a slightly bigger pair. <laughs> so we just shoved her in those underwear. And... I don't want to go back to Target. Yeah. I'm not going back, you know. Like, <laughs> I thought it was I good. just got back. <laughs> yeah, but um, it is a weird scene. And I guess within the... Here, here's the thing. So in Metal Gear Solid... Oh, fuck you. Total tangent. There's this character named Quiet who's just this hyper-sexualized, wears a bikini mm-hmm. and like all skin. And the game designer is like... How much skin? Like a shitload. Like extra skin? Like she's wearing a tiny bikini and really? nothing else. Yeah. And that for Metal Gear Solid? Yeah. Isn't that a fighting game? It's a, like a third person uh, stealth action game. <laughs> Whatever. All right. But it's a super sexualized character and the game designer is like, oh yeah, 
she was genetically experimented on, so she breathes through her skin. Fuck off. Yeah, exactly. Fuck off. So what? Uh, the reason I bring that up is because in this movie, it's like, oh, well, to get into stasis, like when they first come out of stasis, they're all in their underwear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she... It didn't seem sexual then. No, exactly, because it was all dudes. Well, you no, know? we you also see... saw Ripley come out. I didn't notice that. And Jones. Jones. Jones was completely naked. Ooh, scandalous. Naked cat. He's, yeah. Pugsley's naked right now. True. Aren't you naked, baby? Anyway, I agree with you. <laughs> I'm glad you do. That's why we're dating. Yeah, great mindset. If you, didn't, if you were like, oh, it's fine. Come on. You're too sensitive. Yeah, let's see some skin, Ripley. Out the door. All right. So she's nakies, half mm-hmm. nakies, and she sees the goddamn alien. Holy fuck. And it's in the escape pod. And she doesn't have any time. The ship's going to explode. Holy fucking Christ. And she finds... The ship has already exploded at this point. She's out. She's like, ah, escaped. That's right. That's right. Okay. I'm mixing up my timelines. Okay. So the ship exploded and she's like, oh, home free. And we were even, we said during this, like, if we don't see the alien again, I'm pissed. Mm -hmm. Because she was just getting undressed and it's like, ugh. And uh, we see the alien sleeping. I that think it's, weird. like, just getting cozy. Yeah, <laughs> truly. It was weird. It was, like, curled up, and, like, she sees it reach out, and it's, like, stretching like a yeah, cat. Yeah, I was like, oh, is yawning? it yawning? Yeah. Because the, the tiny hell? mouth comes out, which is supposed to be creepy, and it's like, oh, it's not yawning. It's like, why is it sleeping on there? It can sell it. It's the ultimate predator, and it's right, she's right there. It takes nappies? No. Yeah, no shit. So, she gets a fire extinguisher. Well, you know, there's, like, a, there's more tents shit that happens like they don't fight because she would have lost but mm-hmm. she gets the fire extinguisher and she shoots at it and um well she goes from naked to getting in the spacesuit and buckles true. up and then important she she's buckles not, into a chair she's not in her underwear in this scene so there was no reason okay whatever yeah <laughs> whatever i'll be mad about it on my own accord uh i'm too i'm too upset even for <laughs> well so um she gets naked for the viewer of the movie and then she notices the alien and runs and hides and she slowly gets into a spacesuit and for for whatever it's worth it it does show her to be very courageous you know like she could have just been in normal clothes while doing this but um regardless of her dress she gets into her suit she is courageous in that moment and she walks towards the alien sits down buckles up Sprays it with a fire extinguisher to rouse it from its catnap. And then hits the airlock button. Because at this point Jones was already in stasis sleep. So the cat's fine. And it gets sucked out into space. And she thinks, oh, thank fuck. Uh, so she, um, it grabs on. And she like shoots it with this harpoon gun. And then closes the airlock door. And the harpoon gun gets stuck. So it grabs on to the ship. And it climbs into the jet, so she, like, jams the jet button, like the go faster button, I guess. One of the ten buttons. Yes, one of the ten buttons, the go fast button. And uh, the gas button. (laughs) Acceleration. (laughs) And uh, Alien gets blasted with fire, flies off, and then uh, she's... What, yeah. is there like a voiceover at the end or anything? No, or is nothing she just hokey like, like that. It's just over. Yeah, it just ends. The alien's off on its own. So pretty, Yeah, pretty tight. Yeah, I, I like the ending. Like, it was a, the the weird undressing moment or whatever. Right, but sure. yeah. Apart from that, she's further solidified as this 
no nonsense, really capable under pressure, good character. Yeah. What are your closing? What did you like the most? What did yeah. you dislike? And what would you rate it? Um, I liked. Or should we save the ratings until we both do our likes and dislikes and then... Yeah, likes and dislikes, then ratings. So likes, I like how thrilling it was. I like how tense it was. I like the writing. I like the characterization. I like the set design. I like the effects. So it's got a lot going for it. Um, I dislike how it affects my feminist sensibilities. Because there's another... We didn't talk about it, but Parker does some one-off joke to Lambert about how he wants to eat her out or something. Yeah, that was weird too. Yeah, so I don't know, like, people say that stuff, and I'm too sensitive, and my mom would say, like, no, come on, I used to get my ass grabbed all the time. And yeah. it's like, eh, it's 2020. So We for, can view it through the modern. Ma, yeah, so since it's 2020, I have my thoughts, but you, you like some good stuff. Yeah, my likes are the sets and character design, like the spacesuit, aliens, the ships, everything is really awesome. If I were to rewatch it, it would be just to see... How everyone looks, you know, and how the sets look. I think that's really cool. Not to mention all the characters are very cool. Uh, what I don't like is, from the 2020 lens, problematic stuff. Uh, is all present the smoking? Today. Yeah. All the, I really didn't like <laughs> the didn't smoking. <laughs> no. I didn't um, mean to interrupt you, but it was for a joke. So it, was a good, it was a good joke. It's important. To well worth joke. it. Um, and I also did not like the uneven characterization. Mm. I feel like uh, the characters were really cool, but all the unimportant characters were really not fleshed out at all. Um, so, yeah. What would you, Jones uh, didn't get any characterization. Yeah. He's John, just a little bitch. Cat. Jones gets no characterization, but also like... And there's also like Brett. eight cats playing him. <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> I mean, Brett is very one note. He's the adult and... <laughs> Lambert is the worry ward and yeah. stuff, but then meanwhile, and then Dallas got... is like you. You feel like Dallas is going to be the hero because he's cool headed or whatever, yeah. or not cool headed, but an obviously or characterization because he's got a beard, man. Yeah. How did Kane stay clean shaven in stasis? Good question. Anyway, but that point you made about Dallas has a good. That's something else I liked. Mm -hmm. It feels like at a certain point in the movie, I don't remember exactly when. I think when Ripley said that she's not breaking quarantine, because up to that point. It's like, oh, Dallas is the main character. And Ripley was very much like a side character, in my view. And then by the end, she's the hero and pulling everyone together and getting out. So it's just, uh, that's something else I like to cool transition of protagonists. Yeah, so. that, yeah, that's unique. Yes. That's good and unique. I would... All right, so on a count of five. One, two, three, four, five, eight. Seven. Really? Yeah, well, <laughs> I say seven because the stuff I didn't like uh -huh. uh, felt really prominent. And as I think about the movie, like knowing the twists and everything, mm -hmm. one of the main reasons I would watch it is for the appearance of the movie. Mm -hmm. Not like the writing or the characters or the tense moments or anything. It would just be to like take in what these people have come up with for where this world takes place. And I feel like for... 8, 9, 10 movies, everything has to be up to that level. Mm. Like that in my Okay, view. that's fair. I, You know, and we don't want to forgive it just because of its era. Uh, I'll come down. I'll come down to 7. Well, cool. Alien is a 7 to us. Good. All right. Well, thanks for listening. If you listened. If you listened. <laughs> uh, hit us up via email at review 
That's no S. At gmail.com. We have yet to set up a different email. We're going to fix it someday. And our website is rookie movie reviews. With an S. Dot com. Please visit us. Yes. I think we have a website up now. I think so, yeah. Is it published? I didn't publish it. Oh, shit. Did you publish it? No. Okay, that's fine. I'll get it up. It'll get up. Oh, perfect. Well, Shoot. come to our website and uh, listen to our podcast. We have other episodes. So. We'll put pictures of us on there so you know what we look like. Yes. Mostly pictures of the cat. You can see our recording studio, which is just the corner of our apartment. Um, <laughs> the beer cans we've strewn about, the empty DVD cases, some dried flowers. There's a lot of character here. There's good character. The fairy lights. Well, hey, thanks a lot. Yeah, anyway. Uh, Bye. Seven out of ten. <laughs> Bye.